Welcome to the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs show, a safe place for women to heal and grow, where we discover our value, share our tears as we go through the hard times and rise up as we become empowered to meet our challenges head on. On this week's episode of Tiara's Tears and Triumphs, we are kicking off the new year 2022 to look at how you can be the best possible version of you. So this podcast reaches out to victims and survivors of abusive relationships to help them to transform their lives on the other side of abuse, to help them to heal, to help them to recover and to help them to create a new life that they love. So tune in now to hear about my mindset system that takes you from fearfulness to freedom and this nine step system will help you to turn your wounds into your wisdom so tune in now just a caution if you feel unsafe at any time please stop listening you can come back anytime you are in a safe place to listen to the rest of the podcast Your safety is the most important thing to consider. On this week's episode of Tiara's Tears and Triumphs, as we embark on a new year, I am starting off this year with a welcome to the new year to talk about this whole thing of transformation that we look to go through in a new year, where as the old year has closed, we have thought about, reflected on the things in the past year that we don't want more of in our life and we have an opportunity to start anew and this is the 2nd of January, so we're very, very new in this new year. 2021 was a year full of challenges for many, and this podcast is here for victims and survivors of domestic abuse to help them with the challenges that they face, which are often very complex. And my aim is to help survivors to navigate some of those challenges and to also show them that there is a way forward. There can be ways to transform your life, to get your life back on the right track again. When you're caught in that cycle of abuse, it can seem absolutely impossible to be able to break free from it and try as you may to distance yourself from that toxic person in your life. Um, It can be seemingly impossible seemingly impossible task to be able to make that clear break so that you can start your life afresh and get your life back on the right track again and bring more of the things that you want back into your life so that peace to experience peace again in your life is a massive thing for victims and survivors because of the challenges that they're dealing with they will be suffering from high anxiety and um and very depressive feelings too and so having that sense of peace is going to be a big thing and when a peace a sense of peace comes from a feeling of security and safety so what i wanted to do this 
episode is to focus on the pathway that I use, have used in my own life and that I use with other victims and survivors too, to help them to get back onto the life, the right track again. So to get that transformation, to turn their wounds into wisdom and to basically go from feeling very limited in their life to feeling limitless again so to have scope to be able to take charge in your life again so I'm going to walk through just take you step by step through the system that I use so that you can see the steps that you need to take to rebuild your life on the other side of abusive relationships now I am a very big believer on giving yourself the space to do that so um, as much as you might want to try and negotiate resolving things within the relationship uh, if you've been in a cycle of abuse and things haven't improved and have escalated you deserve to give yourself the space that you need to heal yourself. And if that relationship is meant to continue, then that relationship can pick up down the track again. But um, it's very difficult to work on yourself when you're in a toxic environment and when you're with a toxic person. So this is one of the reasons why as heartbreaking as it is to leave an abusive relationship because your heart is vested in that relationship in that with that person um, and in your heart of hearts, you would love to see that relationship heal and um, be whole so that you can have a healthy relationship with that person but the the fact remains that you know you need to have space to be able to take care of yourself and that you should not neglect your self-care or you know sacrifice your well-being to the detriment of um, the toxic relationship that you are caught up in so hard words for the beginning of the year and I really want this conversation to be one that is a motivating conversation for you, an inspiring conversation for you to understand that there are steps that you can take to move from a space of fear to a space of feeling free in your life again. And I'm going to take you through those steps now. So the first thing that you need to do is you need to take care of your basic safety and your security so what can really help with this first step is educating yourself on what an abusive relationship looks like so once you understand once you've got an understanding of the dynamics of domestic abuse then that can really help you to um, get very clear on what your critical needs are in terms of those basic needs to feel safe and secure and understanding that 
abuse has many different forms and many victims of abuse don't necessarily identify with themselves as being in an abusive relationship when they are caught up in that abusive relationship, I beg your pardon, because um, that all seems quite normal to them when they're in that relationship. So they become accustomed, you become conditioned to the things that are going on and because things are so challenging, you will tend to rationalise that this is normal, what's going on for you and that somehow you're going to be able to manage. So that a, a great place and, in fact, the best place to start is for you to get a better understanding of what the cycle of abuse looks like, not only what the cycle of abuse looks like, but also understanding all the different types of abuse that there are so that you can be more clear when it comes to that very grey area of coercive control or gaslighting, where you are in the space of second-guessing yourself. Not only have you lost trust in your partner and that then really destabilises you, but you've also lost trust in yourself. And that's really not a great place to be. It's really not good for you to be able to make any choices for yourself, for your safety, for your security when you're coming from this space of second-guessing yourself and doubting in yourself. And this is one of the underpinning things of abusive relationships when there's psychological abuse involved is that your lack of trust, your loss of trust in yourself then means that you will stay in this cycle and that the cycle will keep perpetuating. So the more that you rely on research and um, other people's definitions of abuse, what is widely understood to be abusive relationship and acknowledged and accepted as being forms of abuse, and you apply those things or see if those things apply to you and your life and your situation, then you get onto a path of empowerment, a path of knowledge is power, basically. So rather than relying on your own intuition, on your own sense, your own moral compass, on your own sense of right and or wrong and one of the big areas of disempowerment for women is not understanding your legal rights. So when you don't understand what your rights are in terms of that relationship that you're in, you'll tolerate all sorts of things that you shouldn't be tolerating from, from anybody. Um, but Legal rights and understanding your legal rights is something that aren't fundamentally taught. And because there's this lack of understanding as, you know, girls grow into mature into women about what our rights are, there's all this grey area and there's all this scope for 
um, for harmful, toxic behaviours to come into relationships and for women to think that they need to tolerate those things and put up with them. So this is the best place to start is starting to gain some understanding. And I want you to know that I completely empathise with how challenging that first step can be for a lot of victims because getting online and doing research is often really unsafe for victims to be doing. So, um, you know, my uh, from my experience, um, things that I, I know I went through a, a significant amount of time as a victim um, not being able to use my home computer for anything because um, my ex-partner happened to be really technologically savvy and that meant that the computer was not a safe place for me to research nor was my phone. So any of my own technological devices were really off limits in terms of researching. And that may also be the case for you. Uh, whether you are able to um, spend time at a friend's place and perhaps take a little bit of time out to do some research using their devices is one way of doing it and keeping yourself safe. Um, another way would be maybe accessing that information through a library. So there are ways to work around this and one of the ways may be that you are using somebody else's device, a trusted friend or a trusted family member to do some research and to get some information. Um, so depending on your friendship circle you know because I understand that you're also likely to be quite isolated from friends and that spending time with friends may also be a trigger um, to exacerbate things and make things worse at home for you so I do appreciate how how complex it is but you know your situation better than anybody so you are really going to be the best judge of the most appropriate way for you to research and gain more information about what the cycle of abuse looks like and what the different forms of abuse look like. So certainly this podcast is something that I have designed to hopefully really educate and um, inform victims and survivors about the different forms of abuse and what they look like. So please feel free to revisit different episodes in the past to take a closer look at the different forms of abuse. And, and obviously, you know, I always have a caution at the beginning of this podcast that your safety is the most important thing. If you don't feel safe while you're listening to this podcast, please stop listening. Come back at another time when it is safe for you to listen to it. So I created this podcast with an understanding of how complex it is for victims to tap into information and hoping that 
this might be a way that victims can gain some information that will help them and support them and hopefully um, just broaden their knowledge base about domestic abuse and what it looks like. As you know, I'm a survivor of an abusive relationship, so much of what I share with you comes from my own lived experience. So I come to you as a peer. I come to you as somebody who understands coming from that place of having been through these things myself. And um, so I'm not coming, you know, from this perspective of being a, um, a professional in the industry so much as coming from this perspective of having gained my, my knowledge and understanding from doing what I'm asking you to do, which is educating myself about what domestic abuse is. And from that point, it, you can then become more empowered by this knowledge that you have, which is going to help you to do all the next steps that I'm going to illustrate in this episode and I'm going to move on to the second thing now and this is a nine-step system that I work with I don't want to make things uh, I don't want to give you you know a hundred steps to take I want to give you a number that is going to be manageable for you to take and to remember so the first thing is your safety and security. Your safety and security is based from this place of knowledge that you have about what a cycle of abuse looks like, what sort of things you need to do to help protect yourself, what sort of actions you can take in terms of what your rights are, where you can seek support from. This is, that's the first place. So I will always start with putting the emphasis on your mo the most important thing to consider is always your safety comes first, closely followed by your sanity because um, domestic abuse has a massive impact on uh, mental health and that has to be considered. That can't be neglected or overlooked. It is part and parcel of a cycle of abuse and what happens to women in that cycle of abuse. So that's that's the second most important thing to consider. And then everything else, which I'm going to take you through in these steps, is going to be figure outable, especially when you have the right supports in place to help you. So after you understand what your what you need in terms of safety and security, the next thing that you can then move on to is identifying your needs and your wants. So once you have an understanding of what your basic security looks like and what your it's not just a general thing of you know these things based on say Maslow's um, pyramid of needs which you know start off with our most basic needs which are things like we need you know oxygen to breathe we need food we need water we need shelter we need clothing and we need sleep so these are our most fundamental needs and they need to be met first for us to then be able to move up to that next level of what we need to feel safe which is 
we need to be healthy, we need to have uh, have streams of income so that we can supplement our living in terms of keeping a roof over our heads, food on the table, keeping the bills paid. And we also need to feel safe with our family and we need social stability. So these things are often undermined and I will say often, we may as well say they are always undermined in a cycle of abuse. That's where we're destabilised, that's where we lose a sense of security. So what we need to understand first is we need to understand our needs and needs are different from wants. So we may, we may, we know that we need things like we need a roof over our head. We need a safe roof over our head. We need, we definitely need to have food on the table. We need to have access to health support. We need to be able to pay our bills. These are needs. What we want may be we want to have a holiday. Now, that is still in, in that area of needs because it comes into self-care but it's that next step up so until we've achieved those basic needs what we have to differentiate and say this other thing is something that I want and in time I can achieve it when I'm making sure that I've got these fundamental needs being met so in order for you to discover your individual needs and your wants, you need to discover yourself first. And so helping you to discover yourself is going to be understanding what your story is. We all have a story and we need to really know that our story is valid. It's just as valid as the next person's story and our, per our story needs to be not only heard, but it needs to be understood. Once it is heard and it's understood, then um, then the support can come in to actually help get those needs met. So it doesn't mean that you need to meet all of your needs on your own, but it's really important to identify your needs. And I use a term of critical needs because that's where it really starts when you're in a cycle of abuse. You need to start with the critical things first. So understanding perhaps that you need to have security. So if you might need to up-level the amount of security that you have in your life so that you feel safe in your home. So it's understanding what those critical needs are. It might be that you are completely depleted and your health is, you know, in the toilet, so to speak, that your immune system shot, that your nervous system is shot and that you really need your critical needs so that you can get the strength that you need to carry on is going to be addressing those critical needs first, taking care of you, putting on your oxygen mask so that you have the strength to do the next step. So that's where it starts. It starts with those fundamental things. And it's also understanding your blind spots. 
So part of being a victim is being very self, a self-sacrificing person. Normally, you know, victims are self-sacrificing and they will sacrifice their own needs, particularly if you're a mum, you'll sacrifice your own needs to protect your children and try and keep your children safe. So blind stops, spots rather can arise from those areas of self-sacrifice which are detrimental to your needs and um, understanding your story will help you to see those blind spots, help you to see things that you haven't been able to see because you've just been in this hyperactive state of um, hyperactive and hypervigilant state of just trying to make sure that you are protecting your loved ones and that can really lead to self-neglect and that needs to be met so that you can continue this journey. So this takes me to the next level or the next step, which is mindfulness. And mindfulness is something that you can start right here, right now, and um, having an understanding of mindfulness is really important when you're a victim or a survivor of an abusive relationship because when you are a victim or a survivor of an abusive relationship, your mind can be full to overflowing. Your mind can just be ready to explode with how much is going on in it at, at any given time. So mindfulness basically is having an awareness. And when you're truly mindful, that means that you are in the moment. So you're not projecting into the future. You're not reflecting back to the past, but you're in the here and now. When you're in the here and now, you have more of an awareness of these subtleties of your inner voice, your intuition can come out loud and clear when you can get yourself to a place of stillness. So, and getting yourself to a place of stillness when you are in flight and fight or freeze mode, which is where victims and survivors, the place that they dwell, is in this hypervigilant state of fight, flight and freeze, is really challenging can be one of the most challenging things for you is to get yourself into a place of stillness because you are you're reflecting back to the past and your past experiences and your past experiences are driving you to mistrust your future and you're projecting that future fear and that is really keeping you in that place of limitation, that place of being stuck, that place of not being able to move forward. So you need to discover what your limiting beliefs are, what your mental blocks are, and work on dissolving them. And that can happen when you get to this place of mindfulness. As I said, mindfulness is having an awareness. So once you have an awareness, you are 
then able to get clear about what your limiting beliefs are. So it's a, a really good place to start is to just start practicing practicing mindfulness to get into that place of stillness if you can and ask yourself, get a bit reflective about, say, your the way in which you are reacting to something because there's a difference between reacting and responding to something and when you are reacting you're not in control it's your subconscious is driving the way you are behaving and when you react to something you can then reflect with with being mindful and start asking yourself what is it that is causing me to react in this way. And this is the time where it's really important to access support from um, a counsellor or um, somebody who's a therapist who can help you to work through that. Also, life coaches like myself are very, very good at helping you to identify what your limiting beliefs are, what your mental blocks are, and then working on creating new paradigms and starting to change your belief systems and your belief systems, understanding that your belief systems are very much born of your experiences and that all you're trying to do in the way that you're reacting to things is to try and protect yourself from more pain and more suffering. So, but that isn't always helpful because it, can be a limiting belief and it is not necessarily true. So it's being able to discern in those times between um, something that is a fear that is a real fear about an imminent risk that is going to harm you or whether it's a perceived fear and whether this perceived fear is actually just born of the experiences that you've been through and that what you are fearing is not actually going to harm you. It might cause you some discomfort because it's getting you out of your comfort zone. But if you feel as though, yes, I've got the right supports around me to be able to help me to work through this then you can gradually let go of those limiting beliefs and you can move yourself into another space of openness and wanting to try more to let in good things into your life instead of blocking anything good because you're scared that anything new is going to hurt you or is going to make things worse for you. So this is why support is so important because we each of us we lack objectivity in our lives okay we we are subjective and it's really our subconscious mind that is telling us things based on our experiences and our past experiences are not necessarily going to be our future experiences but this is where it's always good to have other people to bounce off to help you get the objectivity that you need to feel safe to move forward and try something different for you and for your life. And when you are transitioning from an abusive relationship, there is a big gap where you are 
in this space of newness, in this space of the unknown. And there's also in that unknown space many, many victims don't manage to make this clean break from the their abusive ex-partner, that there's a huge hangover time that, you know, will follow normally after a victim breaks away where things don't just stop for a victim and that person can still be in their life for a very long time causing more havoc, causing more damage. And for that reason, it is this unknown space which is still being driven by fear. And this is why support is such an important thing to get because when you're surrounded with support, you know that you're not alone going through your challenges. You know that other people are going to be there for you to help you when something else crops up for you that you have to deal with. And these things are challenging and that's why there are so many different supports out there trying to help victims and survivors to break free from these toxic, abusive people in their lives to help them to get the fresh start That and knowing that they need the support to get that fresh start that, that um, is going to take them to a good place in life again, a place where they can rebuild and rebuilding is possible. It's absolutely possible and it's absolutely possible even when you've got that, I'm going to be, you know, make a bit of a joke about it, but even when you've got that perpetrator hanging around like a bad smell in your life and you just want to be free of that person, this was a big thing for me, a big hangover that I was held back from having joy in my life, um, this psychological hangover because of all the traumas that I'd been through. And that took time for me to heal. And I will get to self-compassion and that's got, we're going to end on that. But so we've gone through, just to recap so far, we've talked about safety and security coming from knowledge. We've talked about identifying your needs and your wants and we've talked about mindfulness. Now, the next thing to move on to is to reassess your values because when you're in that toxic relationship, what has happened is that you have aligned your life by default, not by your design, but you've been dragged into living according to somebody else's values that are not your own. And this is because you've had that taken away from you. You have not been able to, you have not had the freedom to demonstrate what your values are and your values have been compromised throughout this relationship. So this is the next step that's really important and um, will hopefully be a really easy thing for you to identify with because it will be all of those things that your heart has been 
crying out for in that time that you've been in that cycle of abuse. All the things that you've known have been really fundamentally important to you about the way that you want to be treated, about the way that you would like to have freedom to come and go in life and to say, these are the things that matter to me. This is what is truly important to me. And to say and claim that this is okay, 100% okay for you too. Not only is it okay, but it's every person's right is to have be able to live their life according to their values. So as long as you're not breaking any laws, you know, you are entitled to have your own values in life and it's really important that you get clear on what they are. What makes you happy? What makes, what lights you up? This is the type of thing I'm, I'm talking about is, you know, those things like it, what lights you up and also what makes you feel safe, what makes you feel secure. These are things you value. So take some time to write a list of these things that you value and cherish that and know that that is 100% your right to have your own values, your own set of values, and your values may change, you know, during the course of your life. Values, you will have core values, you know, and these may stay the same throughout your life. But then there are going to be other things that you value in your life depending on what your needs are at different points along the journey. So um, at one point you may really need to have something to um, support your mental health and that might be, you know, you might identify that as being one of your core values at that time. But as you get stronger, as your mental health improves and you're feeling more stable with your mental health, then that may not no longer be that core value. It might still be something that you value, but it has become less important because you have stability in that area again. So when your needs are being met, some of those values will change, but it's really important to identify what your values are. So the next, next step, okay, that is really of vital importance is self-care. And I combine self-care with boundaries because I believe that they go hand in hand. If you don't have boundaries, you may never put importance on your self-care. Um, so self-care is something that often ends up in the toilet, so to speak, when you are in an abusive relationship. Um, your needs will be neglected, your self-care needs will not be met. And so this needs to become a priority in your life, a non-negotiable. So by non-negotiable, I mean it's a must-do. It's something that you need to schedule in 
you need to actually treat it like it's a job. It's something that is a must do in your life. So when I was talking before about that, putting on your oxygen mask and making sure that you're getting your oxygen, that's what self-care looks like. If you don't take care of yourself, then everything else that is good that you are trying to work towards will not work because you won't have the strength that you need to allow yourself to overflow in life. You need to fill up your cup. So you need to put that oxygen mask on, make sure that what you need in terms of self-care. So when I talk about self-care, it's remembering that we're mind, body, heart and soul Okay, so those four things, what do you need to do in those four areas to take care of yourself? What does it look like for you? So when it comes to your mind, what do you need to do? Do you need to journal? Um, Do you need to practice daily meditation? Do you need to walk? And walking is what I love about, I'm a walker, and what I love about walking is it works on lots of different levels. So it works for your mind, it works for your body, and I really believe it works for your spirit as well. So walking is very calming thing to do and um, understanding that if you are, still in a hypervigilant state and by that I mean if you're always looking over your shoulder that I remember what this was like for myself that I didn't even feel confident going for walks so um you know if there if walking has to be something that you you know for you to receive the benefits from walking you need to feel safe enough to be out walking um, in order for you to reap any of those amazing benefits from it. Um, If that means that you need a walking buddy, you know, so somebody who is going to make you feel safe and secure to be able to go for walks, then um, that's what I would recommend you do in that period of uncertainty if you've exited a relationship and there's stalking behaviours there with that um, that ex-partner that um, you don't leave yourself feeling completely vulnerable by going for walks on your own. Um, I know that, you know, carrying, making sure that you're carrying your mobile phone with you at all times is really important because that helps you to feel a certain level of security. So if anything were to happen, then you're able to, you know, call emergency services. And often having your phone, if you, you can be a bit of a deterrent for a stalker because um, they know that you're ready to take action. So um, if they can't go under the radar, then it can help to be a bit of a deterrent. I'm not saying that that's a fail-safe deterrent, um, but it is good to take your phone with you to be ready to take action um, should anything arise. So um, there's... uh, with the the phone, you've also got your camera to be able to take photos to evidence things as well. So having your phone on you is always a great um, great tool to have and it can help to give you more of a sense of security. But getting back to your self-care needs, 
it'll look different for each of you and it will depend on what's going on for you at any given time as to what you can do in terms of self-care. It's making sure that you are doing something and whatever that something is, that that something is really making an incremental difference. So when I use the word incremental, I just mean it builds over time gradually. So when you're doing something consistently and it's regular and it becomes part of your routine, slowly over time it builds and it becomes something transformative. So in the beginning when you start doing something in terms of self-care, it might feel like it's doing nothing. It might feel really inconsequential. But over time, it is really powerful, really transformative. So this is why it's important to stay consistent with self-care. This is why it's important to um, to make sure that you've got time every single day for it. We don't go a day without breathing. If we go a day without breathing, we die. So self-care is like that is like breath for us. And that's why I'm saying it is so fundamentally important and it's something that you, we can't put off until there's an ideal moment for it and you think ah, I just really you know yes 100% you need respite 100% you need a break 100% you need pampering 100% you need to go off to a retreat where you can meditate and have beautiful organic food and you can do yoga and you can go for walks and you can you know greet the sunrise and watch the sunset and you can have quiet and you can have reflection and you can yes 100% you need that but Take what you can do right now. Don't wait for that ideal. Don't wait for that massive transformative experience, but take what you can do right now and see the benefits of that come as you practice it consistently over time. So find something that you can do consistently. Find something small, even if it's a five-minute exercise that you are able to do every single day. Start with journaling. Do something like journaling, spending five minutes in reflection, maybe spending five minutes um, working through a journal that has exercises that will help you in this transformative journey that you're on. I have a couple that are available um, which you can access through my website. So please feel free to jump in and have a look at those. And the other area of this is boundaries. And this episode, I, I surprise myself sometimes with how long I talk on things but it's when I'm really passionate about something and I'm really passionate about helping you to transform your life and not give up on you and not give up on your future and think that this is your lot and this is all as good as life gets because you deserve the good things in life and it is possible for you to have those good things in life but it is going to require 
you seeking those things. It is going to require you doing some work, but it doesn't all have to be super hard work. It's I'm talking about small things that are going to make a big difference over time. So knowing your boundaries will help you to create the self-care routine. So once people understand and you understand that you're not a superwoman, okay, you've done superhuman things to survive to this point in your life, but you're as human as the next person and we all have our limits. Not anybody born into this world is comes into this world without limits okay so with limits there is a boundary but when you're a victim of abuse we lose our boundaries and um, those boundaries are taken from us they're walked all over and they're not observed they're not respected and um and we can fall into this place of thinking that we are a doormat, that we, you know, when our life isn't worth having those boundaries because nobody respects them, everybody walks all over us and um, and we give up on boundaries. But boundaries are essential. They're essential to the world that we live in. We can't get through life in a society without having boundaries. These are clear fences, if you're like, that says, okay, one side of the boundary, you can come to this point, this point at the boundary here, it's all safe, it's all good, but you go past that point and you're on a precipice, you're going into the danger zone and I can't have you going there because if you go there, that's going to hurt me. So, being clear on what you need in terms of your self-care will help you create your boundaries, will help you say, express to people, say, I've been through a lot. So for this reason, I am not feeling really strong at the moment. So I don't have a lot to give. So I, this is what I need. You know, I need you to respect that. I need you to understand that I get triggered easily. And the more you can communicate your needs and what your boundaries are to other people, the more you're going to have people valuing you and what's important to you. I'm not talking about a narcissist or an abusive ex-partner understanding boundaries. They've trampled all over them. They clearly, clearly display they have no respect or understanding or care factor for boundaries. So don't waste your energy trying to educate them on boundaries. I'm talking about other people in your life, helping them to understand what your needs are. So the next thing that we're going to step into, because all of these things that I've are taking us one step at a time and leading us along a path to somewhere, a path of transformation, a path where we can turn wounds into wisdom and we can break through our limitations to a place of possibility and limitlessness. So the next step is future visualisation. So in order for us to create a different future for ourselves, 
we need to be able to visualise what this future is going to look like. So visualising what you want when you're a victim or a survivor of abuse can be super challenging because your life has not been in your control to this point. So you, you've become a victim of circumstance. You're going with the flow of life. You're just in the space of let's see where life takes me next because that's what I'm used to. I'm used to going with the flow because if I go with the flow, then hopefully things aren't going to get any worse for me. But you can't stay in this place. You need to be able to get in touch with what your goals are. You need to get in touch with what your desires are and you need to be able to create clear intentions. Now, whether you're a spiritual person or not a spiritual person, intentions are incredibly powerful. So what you intend for yourself is basically what is going to come about in your life or manifest if you want to go into those terms. Um, and this is, it's kind of, it's a law. It's, it's that law of cause and effect. So just understanding that what your intentions are is what you create more of in your life is a really powerful understanding to have because once you've got that understanding and you've got that ability to be mindful of what your intentions are you can begin to get better control of when those negative things are creeping in with the negative beliefs of based on your past experience that this is what your future is going to look like is you can start visualizing things that you do want and understanding that it's really important to get clear on the things that you do want so that you can start creating that instead of the things that you don't want more of. Um, and it might be, so if, you, if you're basing this on what your needs are, um, you, a great thing to start your future visualisation is by understanding what your needs are so that you can say, okay, all right, so if I need to have, um, you know, like be on top of my anxiety, if I, if I want to get a handle on that, what do I need to do? okay, so I need to do some meditation, um, I need to do some yoga, I need to have regular counselling, I need to do some journaling. So you, once you've gotten clear on what your needs are, then you can identify what your goal looks like and you can say, right, I've got my goal is that in a year's time, that I am going to be in a much, much calmer place in my life and that anxiety is going to be far less prevalent in my life, that it's not going to be driving me day in and day out anymore. So that might be a goal. I'm not talking necessarily about 
okay, so in a year's time, I'm going to be living in a mansion and I will have won tax lotto and, you know, that's my goal. No, I'm, I'm talking about things that are much more fundamental to your basic feeling of foundation security. So where that comes from is from having your basic needs being met. So, and I really am a huge believer in um, setting yourself SMART goals. So SMART goals are those goals that are very specific and they're measurable. So you have to put a time on them and they have to be achievable. So if you're saying, okay, well, yeah, right, it is going to be achievable because I'm going to work this into my schedule that I can take 10 minutes a day out for journaling that I can do a guided meditation in the morning to start my day, that I can follow that up with a walk so I start my day off on the right foot. So you set your intentions and know that that goal is going to be achievable because you're doing this incremental, consistent work that is going to reap the benefits over time. So whether you apply that to, okay, I want to have a savings buffer, that's my goal is I want to have, you know, $2,000 in a savings buffer for unforeseen circumstances. Um, then you can get specific with the goal. So how am I going to achieve that? Am I going to sacrifice having my takeaway coffee so that I can instead put and just treat myself to a coffee once a week, a takeaway coffee once a week and put the rest of it into savings so that I can achieve that buffer? You know, how many, how much do I need to set aside every week to achieve that within a year, that $2,000. And you get really specific about it and you make sure that it's super achievable for you. So that's the future visualisation, okay? And it's really the more you... Visualisation is super important. Um, not only is the visualisation side of it important but the feeling that goes into that visualization is probably just as important because we are driven so much by our emotions so we can set a goal or, or intention for something but our emotions can be telling us the complete opposite and they can be saying to us rubbish I feel like rubbish uh, you know like I haven't, I haven't been able to achieve this till now what you know like uh, you know I'm, I'm more than likely going to fail at this or that negative self-talk can be coming in and can be dampening it and um, and spoiling it so getting yourself into that right emotion is equally as important so set when you start doing this goal setting, this future visualisation, start with small timeframes so that you don't have to wait long to see the wins and then that is going to help you. You've got to celebrate your wins and I'll get to that in a little bit. But when you do, you, you have to identify with that emotion of how good it feels, how good does it feel to you know, have this in my life, if you can identify with that motion, you're going to have the fuel that you need to drive yourself into doing what you need to do to achieve the goal. I hope that makes sense. And um, it's something that just give it a try, put, put it into practice and 
see how you feel after you've got that win and then take it to the next the next bigger goal that um, is going to help you. So keep with your goals like everything else, just keep making them bigger as you achieve something because you've got, you, each time you're achieving something, you're gaining more confidence in you that, yes, I can do this. Yes, I can heal. Yes, I can be whole again. Yes, I can have things in my life that are important. Yes, I can have things that are I love in my life. So for myself, for my children, yes, it's possible. So, all right, the next thing which is really vital for victims and survivors, it's a, it's vital across the board, but victims and survivors of abuse are isolated and that's part of the cycle of abuse is that you will be isolated. So what is going to be really important is to create personal and professional networks and this allow yourself time to do this and start with I guess it's like learning to switch you need to learn to trust yourself you need to but then you need to learn to discern and this is all you remember you've done this work on creating your boundaries so this is what's going to help you to feel safe enough to start just putting yourself out there more to say hi to new people, to having conversations with new people, to, you know, being discerning about what it is about yourself that you feel safe sharing with people and what it is that you still feel a bit raw and you want to keep that to yourself again. And that's those things are the things where it's really great to be working with uh, somebody who is in that professional field who is working either in that, you know, domestic violence realm as a, a support worker or a counsellor, a therapist or somebody who's working in that coaching realm who you know it's a one-on-one -on -one confident um, arena that you have the ability to talk, you know, about all those pain points that are really raw for you that you feel that other people just won't necessarily understand about you and that you might feel um, as though you've got some sort of, you know, dysfunction that people are going to judge you for because there's all this shame that's associated with being a victim of abuse that you need to allow yourself to heal from and understand that this isn't your fault that you have become a victim of abuse um, and that you shouldn't feel ashamed and feel like you're flawed in some fundamental way because you've fallen prey to being in a cycle of abuse with somebody. The things that um, were taken from you, like boundaries and self-care, have all played a part in you getting into that cycle. So as you strengthen your ability to know what your needs are and know what your boundaries are, then you are going to feel safer and more confident in building these networks. And there's a saying that your network is 
equal to your net worth. So that's, I guess, coming from that professional sense. And it's very, very true that um, you really, it's really important, professionally speaking, to uh, to have a good network because when you do have a good network, that opens many, many doors, but the same thing goes for personally. So, and you don't have to have a lot of friends in life. You can have a handful of friends and all through your life and that can be very much enough. So, um, but don't stay in isolation. Uh, find like-minded people and um, start taking small risks with friendships, with building friendships, um, because we all need connection. It is one of our fundamental needs in life and it's part of the rich tapestry of life. So it's easy to withdraw and stay in that isolated space um, after exiting because that's what feels safest so I'm not saying push yourself out there um, all at once allow yourself to open like a flower blossoming just allow yourself to open gradually and slowly and don't feel as though it's something that you've got to achieve you know, in any particular time frame, it's just um, don't stay in isolation. So even if it just means starting out with that, making sure that you've got that support circle that you need within that arena of domestic violence, that you've got those people who you know are going to be there to support you, that's the best place to start. And then after that, broaden it out a bit and you you may even find that you uh, find other groups like the group that I have, uh, the Facebook group, Rise Up with Tiara's Tears and Triumphs, that you might want to um, form some connections in Facebook groups with other victims and survivors uh, because they speak your language, they know what you've been through, they have compassion for you, they have understanding, they've got empathy. And uh, but what I would encourage you if you're you know surrounding yourself with victims and survivors as friends, that you survive your survive, I beg your pardon, you surround yourself with um, women who want to become empowered again and don't stay in. There's a saying that you can either get bitter or you can get better after going through domestic abuse. And my, um, not my advice, but what I'd encourage you to do is to surround yourself with women who want to get better because at the end of the day, if you, you've got every right, every right in the world to feel broken, every right in the world to feel bitter and resentful towards that person for creating so much pain and suffering in your life. But when we hold on to bitterness, 
at the end of the day, the person that we're hurting the most is ourselves. And that's why it's so important that we find ways that we can heal our lives and let go of the past and what has happened to us. And because we don't want to be dragging that pain all through our life. We don't want to continue to hurt in the same way. We want to be free of that. At the end of the day, we want to be free. So in order to be free, we need to at some point, and this is a big thing to say, but we need to be able to forgive. And when I say forgive, I don't mean forget. And when I say forgive, I don't mean open the door and allow that toxic person to continue to treat you in the way that they were. That's not at all what I'm saying. Forgiveness is letting that person go and letting that person learn the lessons in life that they need to learn and letting yourself be free to lead a full life without dragging that bitterness along with you that is holding you back and hurting you at the end of the day. So forgiveness is something I I will talk about in another episode because it is a huge topic in itself and um, there are different stages along this healing journey when you're moving from this place of fear to this place of freedom that you need to take before you will be in a place where you're truly ready to forgive that person. So it's not forgiving the action, it's forgiving the person. And as I said, another conversation for another time, we're almost through the steps. And the last step is practising self-compassion and it's celebrating your wins. So it's really important for you to practice self-compassion, as I said, every step of the way. This Because when you beat yourself up for not getting things right or for having your down days or for reacting because of the traumas that are still Um, haven't healed and when you hold yourself back because the fear is telling you it's not safe to uh, venture further out into life and you, you know that there's so much more to life that you want but you're not you're not there yet don't beat yourself up over it just have an absolute ton of compassion for yourself that there is a very real reason why you are tripping and stumbling and falling down and you know and you're having your down days and you're um, not coping you know on a certain day or something triggers you and you're you know don't beat yourself up about it this is part of your healing your healing can take from my point of view I believe that this path that we're on of self-love learning to love ourselves is 
a path that we walk on through every day of our living life. And it's one of the biggest lessons that we have to learn in life. So if you're looking for purpose and passion and meaning and everything in your life, then all of that is going to stem from this place of self-love. So this is where self-compassion comes in. You need to be compassionate with yourself. You need to be kind to yourself. You need to probably look at yourself when you were, say, seven years old and um, and look at that little girl and just say to that little girl, I love you and I care about you and I'm not going anywhere, you know, like I'm here through the ups, through the downs, through the good days, through the bad days, through everything in between, you know, I love you. I love you no matter what life throws at at us, you know, I love you and I'm there for you and we can do this. We can do this, you know, one day at a time just like everybody else on the planet. We, we live life in the moment, one day at a time. And even though we've been through the worst of the worst in our life, we can triumph again in our life. And this is where I want to end this episode is we can triumph over adversity. And I want you to know that you can triumph against the adversities that you've gone through you have already triumphed over them because you're still here, okay, and your life can be beautiful again and all of those goals that you set for yourself for something better for your future, as you get those wins, I want you to remember, please remember to celebrate your wins and my word for 2022 is appreciation because I think there's a a lot of wisdom already out there on the power of gratitude and being in that state of gratitude. People understand how empowering that is to your life because when you're grateful, um, you are in this state of appreciation. But we don't talk about appreciation so much and so you're going to hear me talking about appreciation a lot of the time now because when we appreciate something, we have already received it. So understanding that you have received something good and showing full appreciation for that, showing full appreciation comes in the form of celebrating it. So don't bypass your wins, Don't, which is really the easiest thing in the world to do we can just gloss over them because life is busy and the next thing comes up and we can forget to celebrate that win and celebrating that win is so important because it is a marker it tells you yes I can do this it is the motivator that is going to to help you to take that next step, to face that next challenge and to say, I can do this. I can triumph. I have triumphed over adversity. I have won. I have accomplished things. Yes, I can. And it will help you to blast through the fear. 
and break through your limitations and take you to a place of limitless manifestation. On that note, because I think I've talked myself out this episode, I want to wish you all the very best. I send you lots of love. We all go through dark times. When we do, we often feel alone. This is a safe space for you to come and look for some light. I'm a survivor of an abusive relationship and for a long time I had no voice because I was too scared to speak up and speak out about what was happening to me. I couldn't see a light at the end of the tunnel, but when I turned a corner in my life, the light started filtering through and I left my old life behind. I am here now to help other women feel seen, heard and valued. I'm reaching out with my light shining on you to help you find your way out of the darkness. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. A note of encouragement. If you are struggling with your mental health, please reach out for support with some form of counselling. If you don't know where to start to find a counsellor, a good place to start is to talk with your doctor. There are also many online counselling supports available. And a word of advice, if the counsellor is not a good fit for you, try another. And if you need to, try another until you have one that is the right fit for you. Tune in again for the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast, helping women who have been hurt to heal and grow, hosted by me, Sandy J. This program provides a safe place to work on inner peace and a strong mindset, spells out how to spot the red flags, advises on ways to stay safe and work on effective safety planning gives tips on how to look after you when things are tough, teaches empowerment strategies, 
acknowledges life's challenges and explores ways to meet these challenges head on, to go from surviving to rising to striving and finally to thriving. The show includes interviews with other survivors who have come out the other side, who share their stories and insights, as well as interviews with therapists and people working in support roles. I am a survivor and I use my experience and skills to help other women like me. Please listen and be uplifted to rise in this safe space where dignity, kindness and compassion are treasured. And don't forget, if you need some support, I am here for you. I don't want any woman to suffer alone in silence. I don't want any woman to feel oppressed and feel that there is no way out. I want you to know that you can turn a corner. I am a life change facilitator. I help women regain control over their lives. You can find me at sandyj.com.au. Hey now, can you just pause a moment before you go? Because I need you to share your light and leave a review. Can you just take a quick minute to leave a review in iTunes to let other women know this is a show they can trust? It would mean the world to me if you could help shine a light for someone who can't see the light at the end of their tunnel. I need you to do this for someone else who needs some support and encouragement. If you like this show, please subscribe and you will automatically be updated with future episodes when they are released. And please share this podcast with anyone you know who it might help. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Sending you lots of love and light and above all else, wishing you well. You are brilliant. Keep shining. Stay safe, Sandy.